Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Okay, here I am again. It's been a little bit, I know, been pretty darn busy. And as I suggested earlier, if I don't have a lot of good stuff to talk about, I'm not going to do it. Just don't have enough time in the day to just ramble. So I thought that uh, this was a really interesting opportunity in that those of you that have been following the work I've done lately, I put together a program for CrossFitters. And that program was called the Dark Horse Training Program, which is winning the battle with fatigue. It's a very avant-garde approach to training. It's not your typical out-of-the-box approach. And now that it's been out there for about a month, I'm starting to get some feedback from some people. And the gentleman I have on with me right now is a trainer and primarily in the CrossFit space, I guess is the way to say it, and lives up in Santa Rosa, California, is in business with a couple buddies. They have a thing called baseline fitness and you're going to have to help me Matthew if I screw this up but anyway his name is Matthew Freeman and Matthew welcome to the natural running network awesome thanks for having me Richard I look forward to today yeah we're baseline training uh online and uh yeah that's our company and we do a lot of coaching and teaching in all aspects of fitness all right so you know kind of backstory on this we met you and the guys uh, came down and attended one of my clinics, correct? Correct. And before we get wrapped up in all this CrossFit stuff, what was your takeaway? When you guys had lunch, dinner, whatever, afterwards on the ride home, what were your thoughts about the uh, involvement in the clinic? Yeah, I mean, one of our big takeaways was we, we are all actually pretty good runners by nature um, as far as times are concerned. But we didn't realize when we analyzed our gate how much we were leaving leaving on the table. And uh, we realized, hey, we're not running efficiently and effectively. So that trip down there really kind of lit up our mind to, hey, we're good at a lot of things. But having an outside eye and an outside opinion can just elevate you to another level and we want to kind of take this running thing to the, to the next level. I think we're leaving a lot on the table. So that was our conversation was we, we got a lot of this, but we're missing some of it. And we, we really love the video analysis and actually seeing ourselves because we were watch each other under a watchful eye, but under the video, it was a, a whole nother level of enlightenment. Cool. And uh, the testing Thoughts on that? The, the testing. Yeah, the testing was awesome. I think, uh, you know, Jeremiah, my business partner, had an idea where he'd be at in VO2 max, and he was near there, you know, and, and that kind of validated some, some of his things. And, and he also felt like, okay, hey, there's a lot more on the table there. Um, myself, um, I kind of I, I felt like I fell a little bit short on the t testing and, and got excited about getting a little bit better and, 
and wanting to redo it. And I, I think there were a lot of things I learned from your wife that, you know, I, I was not eating enough carbohydrates to support my system and that my tests were kind of upside down. And so I was really excited to get back here and kind of work on some of my nutrition protocol and my running technique so that I could retest and, and prove at, you know, 41 years old that there's still a lot in the tank. So the adjustments to your nutrition, how'd that, how'd that fare? That's going really, really well. I mean, um, to speak openly, like everything, my energy, my libido, like everything you could think about has changed. And most importantly, my, my mood has changed significantly. Um, I've always been a pretty positive guy, but definitely if the, the sun wasn't out, I struggled a little bit more. And uh, my energy, my attitude, uh, as some people in the gym have put it, my aura has been vastly different. And it really stems back to when we left that camp. Cool. Yeah, that gets me excited to hear. Yeah, it's been really yeah, – that, that camp was a game changer for us as a team and uh, myself personally. Very cool. All right, so let's talk about Dark Horse. And for those that are wondering what we're talking about, I'm just going to kind of do a little recap. And I'm really more interested in your feedback on your experience with the training. Ryan Fisher, who is now a fast friend of mine, quite the CrossFitter. He's had a very storied career in CrossFit. The guy's a beast. Let's just put it that way. He's a beast. And he was introduced to me by Hunter McIntyre. And obviously, those that are following CrossFit know Hunter got into the games on a wild card and uh, unfortunately didn't turn out as he hoped. I think that uh, a few things could have been different. If, if they were, he probably would have been more successful than he was, but that's water under the bridge. But at the end of the day, Hunter introduced me to this guy and he says, hey, look, you got to meet this guy and I want to bring him out and I want you to do some work with him. And what happened is that we decided to work on a project together where I took into account the demands of cross-training and what I refer to as the battle with fatigue and developed an eight-week training protocol for CrossFit, which is surprising to a lot of my audience. They're like, oh, what are you doing, man? Are you like into CrossFit now or what's going on? And they're, they're really missing it. The, to me, it's just a challenge. I'm looking for what could we have done, what can we do relative to the challenges that these guys face when they're into this really, really short duration, high intensity training protocol. So I came up with this thing, which quite frankly is going to end up being the meat and potatoes of the book I'm writing on training for OCR. And essentially what I refer to it as the flow. And it's essentially the way you train your body to contend with the ensuing production of lactate. And lactate really can be an asset in your training as opposed to a lot of people have the impression that, you know, lactic acid is the devil. It's like, I got this lactic acid in my legs and, you know, big workout yesterday, so I've got all this lactic acid. There's so much confusion surrounding the aspect of lactate in your system that I wrote this program to shed light on how to contend with lactate production and develop it into such a state where it becomes an asset rather than a liability. And so I don't want to keep rambling here. You took on the program and kind of give the folks that are listening what your thoughts were on 
how it all shook out for you. Yeah, so today I'll finish the last workout of week five. So I got to take on Jackie later today. Um, I'm one of those individuals. Um, well, I was familiar with Ryan Fisher before I actually met you because I had done his carb cycling challenge and some of his other workout programs. So naturally, when I left your clinic feeling really good about what you taught us, the combination was pretty awesome. And I was like, well, I got to see this. So I, I jumped on as an early adopter. And like I said, I'm finishing week five. And I have always been the athlete that's pretty good at pacing, pretty good at, you know, the longer duration wads and body weight movements. But if my uh, heart rate would spike, my production would fall off, you know, rather quickly. So what I've really enjoyed about the program program so far is I've really felt comfortable under weight and load, you know, for fast pace fast duration and when I feel like I want to put down the bar over the five weeks I've realized I don't I don't have to I don't need to and one of the exercises that's evident is there's a, a good amount of toes to bar in the program and I, I used to be one of those guys as soon as I did 40 whether I did 40 in a row and stopped or did four sets of 10 they would fall apart and we have to do 60 60 plus all the time and it, it hasn't been an issue. Like it, I've really been able to jump back up on the bar and repeat that movement over and over again. And we follow these hard CrossFit sessions with what you call, you know, the flow cycle. And the flow cycle is a, you know, a varying our heart rate in a, in a nice specific heart rate zone that I had the data from your clinic to apply to. And you know, early on in the program, I had no problem getting my heart rate up to the rates that you wanted and staying on task. And further into the program, I'm finding it even difficult, no matter how hard I work, to get my heart rate to go as high as I need it to go. Um, and I don't, that's, I guess that's a question for you. In some cases, I, I don't know what that's a product of, but, um, you know, I feel really comfortable operating at that, you know, 155 to 160 heart rate and just rattling off rep after rep after rep. It was really evident in um, Diane. Diane's always been a harder workout for me. Uh, 21, 15, 9 handstand pushups and deadlifts. Deadlifts never been an issue, but handstand pushups are. And when I hit a wall, I hit a wall. I took nearly three minutes off my time so far in the Dark Horse program. Oh from 9.56 down to 6.59, and I, I think there's still a lot more in the tank there. And then the, the second eye-opening one was benchmark one. When I first tested, I hit 13 rounds, which is the three power clean, three front squat, three push jerk. I use 135, uh, suggested weight 185. I'm, I'm a small athlete. I'm 160 pounds. Um, so I use 135, and I went from 13 rounds to 21 rounds. Wow. And... I didn't even feel tired until I kind of hit a wall at that 21st round, um, which was more, I think, of a strategy thing. So we're doing benchmark one three more times in the next three weeks. I'm kind of curious where I land, but I'm, I'm shooting for that 30-round that mark. I, I feel like I can get up to that point. Wow, um, cool. So just, just to kind of back up to some of the things that you talked about, um, 
the responses that you're seeing are a function of cardiac output improving. So in essence, what's going on is you're not needing to tax your heart as heavily as you had in the past. And that's obviously a good sign. And trying to chase those heart rates that used to be more of a challenge before and struggling to obtain them is not failure. It's essentially success because you're just operating at a lower cost ratio. Because remember, at the end of the day, what you want to think about is heart rate represents cost. And the work you're doing represents yield. And the more you can do at the less cost, that's a winning situation. Now, I realize that the program is kind of static. It's difficult to write a program that you're going to toss out to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And the protocols are constant, right? I can't, because I'm not personally training people, I can't modify the details on the fly. But in your case, I'd still be plugging along trying to hit the numbers that are evident in the flow based on the schematic I provided. But I would not look at it as failure if you couldn't do it because at the end of the day, the yield is what we're looking at. If you're, if you're able to produce the work and produce greater work than you had before and you're not looking at greater expense in order to do it, that's clearly a winning proposition. Not to mention that the timeline in between the efforts and the amount of recovery that you require is less than it was before, which is obviously another winning scenario. Yeah, that's been I mean, that's been my experience. Like there's days that you know I hit the the flow perfectly, and then you know we have a an extra workout thrown in there where I usually take two days of rest, where you know I, I end up on you know training six days, and I have a, another flow cycle to hit, and and I'm just I I can't hit those heart rates. But you know my my philosophy has been just put in the work, put in the time, and at the end it's it's all going to shake out. You know, my intention is to still hit the heart rate, but if I don't get there, I don't beat myself up. I just put the time in on the the tool, which is either the assault bike or the rower, which uh, I find the rower, I'm able to actually stay con- closer to the heart rate than the assault bike. And I think that's just a function of, I can take my hands off the handles of the assault bike. If I feel like I'm really getting tired, which slows down my power output and then I recover really quick and I'm like oh I got to work hard to get my heart rate back up there where on the rower I you you can't really take your hands off the handle like you have to keep working and so that could be just a function of you know I tend to work more focused and harder on the rower than I do on the assault bike yeah you know and I'll tell you that I've been paying attention to this and I've been getting uh, emails and comments from people on on the uh, Instagram account often because there are other people obviously enough that are participating in this program and uh, it's really kind of opened me up and made me think a lot about where I'd like to go with this because CrossFit aside whatever the activity is that you're trying to excel in it's a function of managing your energy output what is it costing you to accomplish a task and if you recall during the clinic I started to reveal this concept of flow to you guys. And I haven't talked much about it anywhere, quite frankly, because, you know, I'm a little apprehensive about just launching it out, especially since it's it's going to be very heavily involved in the book I'm writing. Quite frankly, one of the reasons why it's taken me so long to write this stupid book is because I've been kind of massaging this concept and trying to, you know, wrap my head around where to go with it and, and what the proper path is. And 
because I'm really kind of an innovator in this. I don't really have anybody that I can say, well, you know, Bob did this and it worked for Bob, so let me just do what Bob does. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm innovating process based on experience, based on the clinical work I've done in the past. So it's not quite as simple. You know, you're kind of uh, carving a path. But it's getting really entertaining to see some of this come back. So I guess where I'm going with this is you're talking about the difference of being on like the assault bike versus a rower. Do you guys have a ski erg in your place? Unfortunately, we don't. It uh, it got taken out. Yeah. I would love to use the ski erg. Yeah, so I'm thinking about these different tools that where you can, especially the Concept2 tools. I really love the bike that they have, the, the bike erg. And um, yeah. because they're all based on this fan drive, and the consistency of load and the ability to produce more load through your effort in a very consistent, methodical path. I think it's a really good approach to developing your body this way. And the line in which your heart rate travels is a lot cleaner than some exercises that might be more abrupt. Uh, a good example might be running. If you're trying to manage your heart rate and flow your heart rate on a treadmill, I think it'd be a little bit more complicated than using the devices. And as you suggested, the difference between the assault bike versus the rower, that kind of changes things a bit. But I really, really, really like the ski erg because I, I've been paying attention to it myself. I've been on the ski erg every day since, uh, gosh, since probably I've seen you. And uh, I've been really trying to focus on manipulating my heart rate. But I'm, I'm starting to get this rhythm where I'm always subconsciously thinking in terms of flow of my heart rate as opposed to, you know, trying to tag a particular number. And I like to think in terms of, as an analogy, waves crashing on the beach, right? There's just this rhythmic, consistent process where the waves get greater, the waves subside, but it's a it's an energy flow concept. It's not a hard, linear, up and down kind of process. And you know, we started talking about this infinity symbol. And the infinity symbol kind of indicates, just by looking at it, you could see that there's not so much a beginning or an end to it, but there's this, this flow. And you know, I thought about cyclical. I could kind of make a circle, but the circle seems too, too flat to me. Because it's a visual concept. Once you kind of look at it and you kind of wrap your head around what you're trying to do with it, it, it changes your mindset. And once your mindset changes, you kind of get into that rhythm of understanding what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, I'm ranting a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's been exciting for me to try to figure this out. And it's really cool when I see guys like you that are doing the work and really being true to the work where you're, you're saying, you know what, I'm just going to follow the program. And you kept telling me, through the messages that you were sending me through Instagram that I'm just going to follow the program precisely the way you wrote it. And I couldn't hope for better than that because when people mess with it and they, you know, ad lib and kind of screw around with it, then I don't really know what was working or not working. Right. So it's been a great experiment for me. And that's basically why I've asked you to come on is I, I wanted to get your feedback from it. Yeah, I, I totally, um, that's kind of, as a coach, I think it's helpful, you know, because I'm kind of data driven as well. And when people don't follow what I've 
put out there for them to follow, there's, there's no, there's no adjustments to be made. Like, I don't know how to make an adjustment. You didn't follow what we wrote. Therefore, no result is, is accurate. Like, uh, we, we, what do we adjust, you know? Um, and so I think that is super important in that regard. And I always follow to the, to tooth and nail. And I do have access to a, a biker and a skier down at another gym I go to. I just go infrequently. But I was, I had been really curious to see what a flow cycle or a flow cycle session would feel like on the biker and the skier. I, I feel like uh, you could kind of really get into a zone a lot better on the biker versus the assault um, or even the skier because of the, the total body involvement. I, I do want to mention for those that are listening that are into CrossFit, um, I, there is one workout in particular uh, that we we do a few times it's every three minutes for six rounds and it's uh 10 hang power snatch 10 toe to bar 10 overhead squat 10 burpee bar facing burpees and when we first started this program it would take me two minutes to 215 kind of on average to complete those rounds and I was breathing heavy and hard and, you know, you could feel like form breaking down. And I just did this yesterday and it felt casual to be honest. And every round was about 140 to 145. And I actually didn't think about that till I came on the show today. Um, I was like, wow, I've really actually knocked 30 seconds off of the time to do the work. Not to mention i felt perfectly fine after versus laying flat on my face, you know, in the first couple of weeks. Um, it's like a, like a real big difference. It felt like a casual workout yesterday where, you know, it, it felt like a, a huge overtaking early in the program. And it's, it's really easy. I think to, as an athlete to take that for granted, cause we train every day, trying to get better, trying to get better. And, and it's easy to not notice, where you're getting better when you're kind of repeating things. So it, it, it was kind of, that one's been an eye opening one. It's two movements that are probably like my least favorite movement in CrossFit, which is the snatch and the overhead squat, because I'm just frankly not that good at them, you know? So there's that mental energy of, I'm not very good at this movement and it really taxes me hard. And it, it felt completely casual, which was really, really cool. I just can't tell you how, how much I enjoy hearing you say that because, you know, people expect that I'm trying to sell a program. I was just having fun developing a process, looking at a challenge, understanding from my perspective how this all may be beneficial. And and I spoke about it with Ryan in a show we did a couple of weeks ago where what kind of stimulated me in this regard to begin with was I saw that there are some guys out there that are coaching some of the top flight athletes in the sport that are introducing the concept of aerobic training. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd to me. I mean, you know, being that I've got 25 years in developing energy systems, I just thought where there's such a high intensity sport, why would you even concern yourself with really trying to go after the aerobic energy system? Because that in itself is contrary to the system that you're hoping to 
to develop. I mean, you really need to develop your anaerobic energy system. And so what the flow does is, is gradually brings you in and out of this anaerobic pathway with not ever giving you really too much respite. So it's keeping you under pressure. And then with time, you start to adapt to that pressure. And the work that you do just con collectively gets easier and easier and easier. And I think the other thing that was unique about this, and you probably can know this better than me, but I don't know too many people in CrossFit that wear a heart rate monitor while they train. And if they do, it's kind of like a smoke detector. They're just looking to see how high their heart rate went relative to the task or how long it might have taken them to recover. But they're not really using the heart rate as a method of developing the energy system that they're hoping to improve in. Am I wrong about that? Or No, I, th I think there's, you know, an emergence on the elite level athletes of, of monitoring that. But you don't see that in a general fitness class, um, you know, and, and most of the classes that I go to. And, and even at the moderate to higher level athletes, I don't think they're paying attention. They're just train, 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 train. And, you know, pacing is something that a lot of people aren't good at and understanding pace and, you know, understanding pace relative to heart rate, um, you know, what you can push, you know, I think most people go intuitively and some, you know, in the heat of battle, intuition's wrong a lot. You know, it's like, I'm in the middle of fraying. I don't have time to be intuitive. Like it, it's, it's kind of nice to know if I'm redlining or not redlining. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, enough pay attention to it to compete at the level that they could compete at, whether that just be in your own personal training for, you know, health and wellness um, all the way on up. I know with whoop out there, people are starting to get a little bit more into data, but again, that that's like usually, after the fact, not during, you know, it's like, oh, what happened during that training session versus like, what's going on right now? Um, I'm wearing a watch now and I can look at my heart rate in real time and it's, it's kind of nice to see, okay, I'm kind of approaching that, that arena, you know, where if I rest three seconds longer, I'm going to be able to go unbroken on this next 10. Well, yeah. beyond and that, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, but beyond that, what I'm thinking is that the supplemental work. I mean, the the flow training is basically supplemental to the to the challenges. The challenges being the workouts, right? So fortifying the challenge with the supplemental workouts that are heart rate driven, that are very methodically chasing very specific heart rate responses, is the game changer. I'm not really that interested in seeing someone look at their heart rate while they're in the middle of a workout competition. I want them to train themselves to be in a better place so that when they get into the fight, when they get into doing the work, that they're in a much better place and they can support the work and after the fact find out, wow, I didn't gas out. I was able to get this work done. Like you were suggesting, you you just you know, portrayed the, the very scenario I'm speaking of is, you found that by doing workouts that used to be challenging for you, now you're getting getting them knocked out, you know, dropping 30 seconds off of a two-minute workout. That's quite a big difference. I mean, that's that's a 25% reduction. If you know, I can't do my math, but about 25-30% reduction in the time it took you to achieve a, a particular task. That's monstrous in my mind. Yeah, 
yeah, and, no, I, and and you're correct. I mean, the flow cycle has been it's it's been really awesome, you know, because I mean, you spend so much time twenty twenty four to twenty eight minutes, depending on on the cycle, in a very small range of heart rate, you know, and, and you're very varying it to the best of your ability, but you start to learn, and you know, as you're doing it over and over again you know, what it's like to press on the pedal a little bit more and then kind of back off that pedal and then press on it again a little bit and back off that pedal and kind of tease into, you know, hanging out in a higher heart rate a little bit longer and, and being more comfortable in that, in that zone, um, if you will. You know, it's like, like I, I guess exactly what you were saying is, I don't notice if my heart rate's at like 150, 155, like, and I'm, I'm putting in work. I, I don't, I'm so comfortable there now because I've spent so much time there. It, it just feels like an ordinary conversation over coffee. Uh, <laughs> we just happen to be picking up barbells in a, in a, in a way, you know? Um, and it was kind of, it was, it was evident because one of my clients birthday wish yesterday was to work out with me versus like me training her. So, we were training together as we were doing it. So, you know, I feel like I always have the responsibility of making sure the client's doing okay. So it was like, not only was I shaving a lot of time off my time, I was able to make sure she was doing okay. Like while we were doing it, which was, which was kind of cool. I mean, other stats that might be impressive to CrossFitters out there, or they might feel good. My, my grace time. It's, it's another one that we, we've done in the program has dropped, you know, we had to do Fran at one point and I, I chose to not look at the clock at all and just not try to PR, but just kind of go, if I go through this and feel really good, where am I going to land? And I pretty much hit my all time best, not looking at the clock at all and not, and I just went right to my flow cycle. Cause I, I felt fine, which traditionally Fran, Fran, uh, Fran, you're face down when you're done for a few minutes you know, at least a few minutes. Um, so that, that's been really cool to see that I could put in a lot of work, work really hard in a sport that I like and feel really good after and not, not feel like I'm paying the price for, you know, hours on in or even while I'm doing it, you know, um, curious to try out some wall balls. Cause those are, that's something that's always been, a, a rough thing on me you know um but yeah the program has been i'm only five weeks in i mean all this stuff that we're talking about is five weeks in to the work so you know i still have three weeks worth worth of work and i've looked at it and it's not not easy work um but it's worth it you know so the other question that i've been getting a lot of is people ask what do i do when the eight weeks are up you know, do, do they just repeat it? And I think you need to take into account the potential for periodization. So the limits that you came in with and your success coming out. So as you suggested, your heart rate doesn't seem to marry up with the way uh, the challenges were for you in the beginning. You may want to adjust a little bit. You might want to you know, just intuitively see like, okay, if I started in an X heart rate and ended up at X heart rate through the course of the flow, you might push it up five beats. 
you know, not give yourself quite as much time to recover on the bottom ends, not and maybe even take up a little little bit more work on the top end of the flows and see how that so there have some progression in the process. And if you find that it's starting to beat you down, it's a little bit too much, you can always regress and go back into that happy place. And then I would like to believe that even time, if if you just repeated the process again and didn't change a thing, you probably would continue to see improvements because it takes time to develop those energy systems. Your your, your body is not likely to see massive improvement. I mean, you've got five weeks and you're already improving that well. But try to imagine what would happen if you did that for three cycles, how much better athlete you might be, how much more you can actually lift because the, you're reducing the fatigue limits. I'm excited about it. I, when Ryan and I were talking about this, in this one podcast, I was getting annoyed by the fact that we kept saying excited. You know, we were both, he said, I'm excited. I said, yeah, well, I'm excited. We kept saying we're excited. I said, you know what? Can we stop with the excited? It just sounds too contrived. It's almost like we're, you know, making this up. But the fact of the matter is it's kind of cool. It's cool to come out with a program that's very, very unique, very, very different than anything else that's out there. And that's what we've done. And I just love hearing the results you're getting. It's just so cool for me to hear this. Yeah, I would have one question, you know, sure. um, for those of us. Like, I, I could see repeating the flow cycle and the steady state and a portion of it. What, uh, you know, could we do our our next level of training and add the flow cycle to that if we didn't want to repeat the same eight weeks of the actual uh, exercise style work that's involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, absolutely. You, I think I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm way ahead of you. I think uh, I had a, a message from a guy just a couple days ago. He's in the military and he's going into officers candidate school or something like this. And, you know, the, the physical component of the training is going to be pretty taxing. And he was, he was asking me whether he could, marry the program up to the type of training he does. And, and I, I believe that it almost doesn't make a difference what the exercises are. It's the supplemental activity that you're putting up, up, up against it. I think it's all, almost more entertaining to get a potpourri approach to the actual challenges that you're trying to develop. So you may have workouts that you like to do that you've always done that really work for you. And then by attaching those type of workouts to this flow process and see whether they're going to break the plateaus that you were facing before. And I think I even alluded to that in, in the program for those that are you know more likely to want to run off the reservation a little bit. It's like attach it to your program. See whether it makes a big difference for you. You know, I've, I've added a little bit of, uh, you know, running here and mountain biking there, just things that I, that I tend to do that are, that are kind of enjoyable um, in while I'm doing this, but definitely on the, you know, on the lifting side of things, I've really tried to, you know, execute the program exactly as written and then supplement with some running and, and mountain biking. There are definitely parts of my, my physical training that I'd still love to, you know, throw in there as far as strength training portions that I haven't wanted to do because I haven't wanted it to impact the results of the actual work you know, portion that's involved. I, I, I didn't want to like front squat heavy and then try to do grace. Uh, you know, I figured that that would probably have an impact. So uh, the first eight weeks, I wanted to see 
you know, what happens exactly as written. And then, you know, post eight weeks, depending on what you guys had next, um, continue the flow training, continue the steady state and start to add back in some of the stuff that, you know, at 41, I feel like I have to do to stay, you know, in, in my best health and, and wellness uh, side of things. I plan to uh, create an adjunct program to this program. And for lack of a better term, I think I'm going to refer to it as an advanced flow. And uh, I have some thoughts about what I'd like to alter and where and when and kind of build on what we've done because realize it was our first go. This this project that we put out there, it's cool that it's successful because it was the first go round. And, you know, in most projects, that's not the way it works. So I'm pretty excited to have an opportunity to, to build on it. At the end of the day we kind of nailed what I had hoped to get done. I, I wanted to hear from you. Aside from doing this live on a podcast, I was really curious to hear your take on the exposure to the program and how it was working for you personally. And um, I think it's also important for people to know that this wasn't a planned scheme to promote the program. I just was getting feedback from you on Instagram and hearing the results that you were getting from the exposure to the program that stimulated my desire to, to ask you to come on. So I was really pleased that you were willing to take the time to do this with me. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate that. I, I think um, it's awesome for people to know that you've been there every step of the way. When I've asked you questions, you've been really responsive. And that's super helpful when you get a program. Um, even as a trainer who has an idea what's going on, if you know someone who doesn't have training experience buys the program you've been available to answer the questions like immediately and and that's super helpful and and uh, makes it all the more fun cool well look uh i'm looking forward to seeing future progress and uh when i bust out this next program i'm just going to send you a copy i'm not going to charge you for it i want you to i want you're going to be my guinea pig i want to keep watching your progress Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Okay, so they could find you again for those that are looking for an, an excellent trainer and system of training up in the Bay Area. You're in. So we're an hour north of San Francisco in a in a town called Roner Park, um, but most people know Santa Rosa. Uh, that's where the, the fires were um, oh, sure. in Northern California uh, a few years ago, and that's what we're most known for now. Um, we're on Instagram at at baseline underscore training. Uh, that's where my partners and I post most of the stuff we're doing. So that's, that's probably the best place to find us. Uh, personally, I'm at Matthew Freeman, M-A-T-H-E-W Freeman on Instagram. And that's probably the easiest place to find us. Perfect. And I know people are probably wondering about the program, where to find it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to add a link. Actually, I'll add both links. I'll add your link to find you. And I'll add a link to find the program if someone's interested in purchasing it. So, again, look, dude, I'm so happy to have you on. And keep up the good work, man. You're, you're like the guinea pig that I'd always hoped for. Thank you, Richard. I'm always here for you on that note. I had a great time at the Super Clinic, and I look forward to our future interactions. All right, buddy. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. 
I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.